0: Welcome to the Mad River Anthology. This is Rachel Wheeler.
1: And John Brugletta.
0: And we're here tonight to talk about Annunciation poems. As it's March and um, we're coming up to the 25th, we celebrate something called Annunciation. And it is just a church festival recognizing that the angel appeared to Mary nine months before Christmas. And that's what we're here to talk about poems that are based on that event.
1: Yeah, this is uh, the account of the Annunciation from the New Testament book of Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the houses of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her.
0: So it, it's interesting to me that this account has um, has brought all these poems um that w- the first one I found is by Rilke called Annunciation and you know there are so many others and it just forms the subject matter of so many um, paintings as well as poems and it, it's just a very interesting idea of uh, the divine being announced and what the the resulting response was in Mary and I guess that's something I'm I'm trying to think about in terms of art like what we think about Um, And when an idea comes to us, how do we respond? Are we ready? Are we humble? Are we um, willing to participate with the idea, I guess? Um, So first, I'll I'll read this first poem that kind of um, fostered the idea for me, Annunciation, the words of the angel. And this is by Maria Rilke. You are not nearer God than we. We are all far from him. And yet how beautifully your hands are blessed. No woman's ripen that way, shimmering thus out of the sleeve. I am the day, I am the dew, you though are the tree. I'm exhausted now, my way was far. Forgive me, I've forgotten that he, who great in gold array sat throned as in the sun, gave me to tell you, you pensive one, space has me confused. Look, I'm whatever is beginning, you though are the tree. I stretched my wings to rest them and grew oddly vast. Now your small house overflows with my great brocade. And yet you are more alone than ever and scarcely notice me. It's true. I am a breath inside the forest. You, though, are the tree. The angels all grow afraid. Let one another go. Never was desire like this so vague and great. Perhaps something soon will happen that you now grasp and dream. Greetings to you, my soul now sees. You are ready and grow ripe. You are a great high shining gate and you will open soon. You, my song's most cherished ear, now I feel. My word got lost in you as in a wood. And so I came that way and made complete your thousand and one dreams. God looked at me. The light was blinding. You, though, are the tree. It's
1: interesting that um, Rilke writes his poem from the point of view of the angel Gabriel, not from Mary's point of view. Mm -hmm. Primo Levi does the same thing, but in a very different poem. Uh, Maybe we could compare the two after I read it. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar with Primo Levi, he was an Italian chemist from northern Italy who was Jewish and was deported to Auschwitz. Um, he wrote a fairly famous novel called Christ Stopped at Abley*. This is his poem, Annunciation, uh, spoken by the angel to Mary. Don't be dismayed, woman, by my fierce form. I come from far away in headlong flight. Whirlwinds may have ruffled my feathers. I'm an angel, yes, and not a bird of prey. An angel, but not the one in your paintings that descended in another age to promise another lord. I come to bring you news, but wait until my heaving chest, the loathing of the void and dark, subside. Sleeping in you is one who will destroy much sleep. He's still unformed, but soon you'll caress his limbs. He will have the gift of words The fascinator's eyes will preach abomination and be believed by all. Jubilant and wild, singing and bleeding, they'll follow him in bands, kissing his footprints. He will carry the lie to the farthest borders, evangelize with blasphemy in the gallows. He'll rule in terror, suspect poisons in spring water. And in the air of high plateaus He'll see deceit in the clear eyes of the newborn And die unsated by slaughter Leaving behind sown hate This is your growing seed Woman, rejoice Very different take on it It it?
0: is, yeah
1: I think uh, this one's not a Christian poem or mm-hmm. as the one you read by Rilke is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and it's just more graphic, too, about what, what's going to happen and not using such imagery that Rilke does that it's very kind of abstract. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. By another Jewish poet okay. who became a Christian, Denise, Denise Levertov, she writes, I guess, from a more... Um, narrative stance about the event not from the angel or Mary um, it's called Annunciation and it starts with a, a quote from the Agathistos hymn from Greece sixth century hail space for the uncontained God we know the scene the room variously furnished almost always a lectern a book always the tall lily arrived on solemn grandeur of great wings, the angelic ambassador standing or hovering, whom she acknowledges, a guest. But we are told of meek obedience. No one mentions courage. The engendering spirit did not enter her without consent. God waited. She was free to accept or to refuse, choice integral to humanness. Aren't there enunciations of one sort or another in most lives? Some unwillingly undertake great destinies, enact them in sullen pride uncomprehending. More often those moments when roads of light and storm open from darkness in a man or woman are turned away from in dread, in a wave of weakness, in despair and with relief. Ordinary lives continue, God does not smite them, but the gates close, the pathway vanishes. She had been a child who played, ate, slept like any other child, but unlike others, wept only for pity, laughed in joy, not triumph. Compassion and intelligence fused in her, indivisible. Called to a destiny more momentous than any in all of time, she did not quail, only asked a simple, how can this be? And gravely, courteously, took to heart the angel's reply, Perceiving instantly the astounding ministry she was offered. To bear in her womb infinite weight and lightness. To carry in hidden, finite inwardness nine months of eternity. To contain in slender vase of being the sum of power. In narrow flesh, the sum of light. Then bring to birth, push out into air, a man-child needing like any other milk and love. But who is God? This poem brings up as well the imagery of a gate, like Rilke did, and I'm wondering, John, do you know theologically what what that is about? She, is she referred to as the gate in a way?
1: I think so, in that every woman who gives birth to a child is a gate. From the from the womb uh, and whatever is behind it, the 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 egg and the sperm coming together. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, after 9 months the woman serves as as a gate to the outside world and so uh, but it's a it's a two-way gate of course there's the the insemination the impregnation that mm-hmm. starts it all that enters the gate and then the child exits the gate
0: mm-hmm.
1: but there's there's also something about this angel that is oracular, and that's a, a tradition that goes way back in time in human culture and to various cultures. Um, the, the most famous ones in our time, of course, are the the Greek oracle of Delphi, mm-hmm. uh, particularly Apollo, but uh, there are others. Um, There were oracles in China and uh, the most well-known of these is the book of the the I Ching, which uh, people open at random and ask a certain kind of question and get a certain kind of answer from and consider that an oracle. Um, In Greece um, the oracle was considered, and this is interesting, the portals, the oracles, plural, were the portals through which the gods spoke to humans. Mm. Um, in bird signs, for example, the way birds flew, uh, the Etruscans learned that from the Greeks. The um, animal entrails, when they slaughtered an animal and opened it and looked at its liver and other, other organs. Mm-hmm. In India, um, the, the oracle was called a voice from the sky, and is still today, and among the Igbos of Nigeria, uh, a tribe in in Africa, um, they have priestesses living in caves, much like the the Greek uh, oracles, who were women who lived in caves, uh, often over a deep fissure in the earth from which occasionally uh, fumes were emitted from deep in the earth with various gases in them. And these oracular women would sit on a tripod over this fissure in the earth, this fumarole, and and then uh, would go into a trance and would utter something that most people couldn't understand but there'd be a priest a man standing by who would translate this and uh, it would be the answer to someone's question of the Oracle like um, a king might ask shall I go to war Mm -hmm. and the Oracle would say something like the better side will win and the king will, <laughs> will <laughs> misunderstand that meaning he will win uh-huh. and, and often he loses. that's the way oracles work <laughs> uh-huh. yeah <laughs> uh, sometimes anyway yeah so um, or oracles are uh, have a, a long and wide tradition.
0: yeah I think it's interesting though that there's a difference between them. you know a, an answer being sought versus this stance of Mary and the poet and maybe artist just being ready for yeah. when a, an answer or an annunciation, and announcement comes. Um, and there's some expression of joy about that where you're not seeking it, you're just ready for it. And when it comes, just this, this subject matter just seems to me so joyful that the poet or artist is so happy that inspiration does come yeah. unsought that um, a poem comes out of that
1: well um going back to the original annunciation to mary Mm -hmm. uh, i think it's interesting that that prima Levi starts with don't be dismayed that's fear not right uh by my fierce form i come from far away i'm an angel yes not a bird of prey not the angel in your paintings um I think C. S. Lewis makes a good point about this somewhere in which he talks about uh, angels that said, Fear not, they don't say they're there.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know,
1: our our painted angels are often children or emasculated males, uh, who look so dainty and, and frail that they would crumple, you know, at the slightest breeze. But biblical angels are are always frightening
0: mm-hmm.
1: so she must have been terrorized this was a girl about 12 or 13 or 14 and and suddenly you know he's in her room and talking to her without anyone else around apparently and um must have been quite an experience mm-hmm. I mean and I don't know how soon it would take her to be happy but <laughs> I guess she was originally uh eventually you know. Anyway, here's one by uh, uh, Kathleen Wakefield, since you read one by a woman. Uh, This is called Mary's Poem. When she heard infinity whispered in her ear, did the flashing scissors in her fingers fall to the wooden floor and the spool unravel, the spider's sly cradle tremble with love? Imagine how the dry fields leaned toward the news, and she heard for a moment the households of crickets. When she answered, all things shifted, the moon in its river of milk. And when she wanted to pluck her heart from her breast, did she remember a commotion of wings or the stirring of dust? I'm not sure I completely understand this poem, but maybe it's not meant to be understood. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, something of her experience, mm-hmm. perhaps purely emotional.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like I like the focus in it about her her response being what everything pivoted around. I guess um, it, that's that's of great importance, I think, in our. In our understanding of the significance of the story. Mm
1: -hmm. Do you have another
0: one? Yeah, I have one that's a little bit of a stretch, but I kind of like it. It's by William Bronck, whom I don't know much about at all. He died in 1999. That's the only thing that this anthology indicates. And this um, poem is called Virgin and Child with Music and Numbers. Who knows better than you know, lady, the circumstances of this event? meanness the overhanging terror and the need for flight soon hardly reflect the pledge the angel gave you the songs you exchanged in joy with elizabeth your cousin that was then or that was for later another time now still the singing was and is song whether or not we sing the song is sung are we cozened The song we hear is like those numbers we cannot factor whose overplus, an indeterminate fraction seems more than the part we factor out. Lady, if our despair is to be unable to factor ourselves in song or factor the world here, what should our joy be other than this same integer that sings and mocks at satisfaction? We are not fulfilled. We cannot hope to be. No, we are held somewhere in the void of whole despair enraptured and only there does the world endure lady sing to this baby even so Hmm.
1: well um i have heard of william Bronk, and uh turns out his original name when he immigrated from italy was bronco but he, ati- he anglicized it when he got to the United States. He had been an Italian cowboy.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I believe you accept your smiling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, um, here's one okay. by Hildegard of Bingen, who lived in the 12th century in Germany, was a um, nun composer, poet, musical composer, writer on scientific and theological subjects and the abbess of a monastery in Germany, and a prophet whose visions were approved by the Pope of the time. She wrote her poems to be chanted by the nuns of her monastery. And uh, so this is Antiphon for the Virgin, which has been translated from the Latin by Barbara Newman. Pierced by the light of God, Mary Virgin, drenched in the speech of God, your body boomed, swelling with the breath of God. For the spirit purged you of the poison Eve took. She soiled all freshness when she caught that infection from the devil's suggestion but in wonder within you you hid an untainted child of god's mind and god's son blossomed in your body the holy one was his midwife his birth broke the laws of flesh that eve made he was coupled to wholeness in the seedbed of holiness I'd love to hear that chanted.
0: hmm Yeah. That leads a little bit. There was some imagery in there that reminded me of this Jane Kenyon poem um, about this the seed lodging, I think, because she uses that imagery as well. Um, this is called Mosaic of the Nativity, Serbia, Winter, nineteen ninety-three, by Jane Kenyon. On the domed ceiling, God is thinking, I made them my joy, and everything else I created I made to bless them. But see what they do. I know their hearts and arguments. We're descended from Cain. Evil is nothing new, so what does it matter now if we shell the infirmary and the well where the fearful and rash alike must come for water? God thinks Mary into being. Suspended at the apogee of the golden dome, she curls in a brown pod. And inside her, the mind of Christ, cloaked in blood, lodges and begins to grow.
1: The mind of God begins to grow.
0: Mind of Christ. Yeah, it's interesting because it's not just physical, but but maybe emotionally or spiritually. The well, willingness.
1: Read, read again that line that I uh, thought I was quoting.
0: Uh, and inside their mind... And inside her, the mind of Christ, cloaked in blood, lodges and begins to grow. I
1: see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I misheard that.
0: Yeah, I like that because it reminds us that it wasn't just the physical birth, but maybe the willingness and submissiveness to God's will was part of, you know, um, Christ's example, Mm -hmm. even before he was even there. It's interesting.
1: Well, if we're talking of Christ as the logos, the Greek word for word, uh, mm-hmm. which means so many things in Greek, um, then Christ is the wisdom of God and you could translate the mind of God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it would be the mind not only of Christ but of the Father as well Yeah, yeah. growing there.
0: Yeah yeah
1: which is of course larger than the universe, and it's in some girl who doesn't understand, but she's willing to have faith, she trusts God,
0: yeah, yeah, and thinking about you know ideas about what we write and what we paint or whatever we do artistically, that idea being much more larger than us and and it coming to us, it seems like there's some kind of analogy here that i've been thinking about this program about
1: You've been listening to the Mad River Anthology. The engineer was Tim Ayers. I'm John Brugoletta.
0: And I'm Rachel Wheeler.
1: If you have questions or comments about this program, please call our listener comment line at 826-6089. But be nice.
0: On our blog, an online archive of past programs can be found at madriveranthology.wordpress.com. The show is also available in iTunes.
1: The Mad River Anthology airs the second and fourth Sundays of the month at 10 p.m. and is produced for KHSU located at Humboldt State University in Arcata, California.